The truth is that it's so easy to remain in our world of accounting, a world where we simply just continue to size things up. You know, as children, we were always able to compare how big the other sibling's piece of cake or slice was compared to mine. You know, if theirs was just a little bit bigger, then it was just unfair and it was just the worst thing that could ever happen. But our gospel today invites us into a world where there is no counting, where there is no keeping record, no keeping track of the exact nature of, of what has unfolded and what has happened. And that doesn't come naturally. Unless we grow up in an environment and we're part of a community where all of that system of, of keeping records and accounts is able to be let aside. One of my favorite authors is a Maronite Catholic by the name of Alexander Shire. And he tells the story of, of growing up just outside of Montgomery in Alabama in the, the southern states of the US. He comes from a Lebanese family. And so that experience at that time, you know, 50, 60 years ago, there was still this deep racism against Catholics and against people of color. And so he, the, his grandmother was the central part of their family. And every Sunday they would gather after mass at the, the, mother's, the grandmother's house for the family lunch. And there was just always you know, an occasion of, of celebration, an occasion of, of sharing stories, of praying together. But one Saturday night, they hear the sirens of the fire brigade and they go rushing to, to see their grandmother's house in flames. Someone, some people had gathered together all of her religious objects, all of her books, all of her images of Jesus and Mary, gathered them together in the, the center of the, the lounge room into this pile and then set fire to all of those objects. And that then eventually set fire to the whole of the house and it was completely consumed. And the, the family was just grieving because they thought that their, their grandmother was there at home. She was always there at home on Saturday night. But it so happened that the local parish had organized a novena on that night. And so she'd gone to pray with her friends at church. And so she wasn't at home. So even though her house was utterly destroyed, she at least survived this racist attack. And the next Sunday, they all gathered together at one of the aunt's houses there in the basement. And as they began, the grandmother said, look, we need to pray. And so they had just a time of silence first. And before she prayed, she just said, look, you know, we could do all kinds of things. There's one thing I want you to hold on to. No hate, no hate, no hate. Just repeated it a number of times. To say, look, it's, it'll be so easy to seek revenge. So easy to hold a bitterness in our hearts over this awful event. But that will not turn out well. The best form of retribution is to forgive. The best way that we can offer a, a different way forward is to not go down that way of retributive violence. Because all that that happens is it just continues to escalate out of hand. It continues to be an awful experience. And we, and we see that constantly across the world when people are just so consumed by the, the terrible things that have happened to them when they respond with violence, when they respond with hatred, it just unravels and, and they continue to collapse in on themselves. The gospel today offers in this parable, this beautiful, well, challenging, terrible kind of incident over the, the, the three different scenes. Peter naturally asks this question, you know, how many times must we 
forgive after being invited into that place of forgiveness that we heard about last Sunday in our gospel. And Peter was being very brave and, and very bold by suggesting that as, as many as seven times, because in a number of places across the Hebrew scripture, particularly in the Torah, the teaching is that even God has a limit of three times. You know, three times was seemingly the limit of God's mercy that you could offer, and as humans, how could we possibly offer more than a three-time forgiveness? And so Peter is more than doubling that. So he's, he's being pretty good in, in his assessment. But Jesus says, no, not seven times, but and the, the number can either be translated as 77 or 70 times, seven times. And clearly Jesus is inviting us into this system where there is no counting. There's no keeping record. There's no keeping track. It's not as if you get to 400 and whatever times of, of, of being able to forgive and say, okay, I've run out of times. Now I don't have to forgive anymore. No, Jesus is inviting us into this extraordinary experience of mercy. And the parable he tells is, is clearly meant to represent that. You know, the first servant who, <laughs> how on earth he manages to, to build up this enormous sum of money, 10,000 talents. A talent was essentially what a person would earn over the whole of their lifetime. So 10,000 talents is like the equivalent of 10,000 different people working and busting their guts over the whole course of their lifetime. And that was the sum that this one person managed to, to whittle away or to, to somehow to be in debt to his master. And the king is this, is this extraordinary figure that he's able to, well, perhaps just realizing that there's, there's no point holding on to a debt when it's never going to be repaid. And so he makes that offer. Okay, I will forgive all of that debt of yours. And the, I guess the intention of the king was that the servant would be changed by that. The servant would become different. But of course he doesn't. There's no change whatsoever in the attitude of this man. As he walks out the door and sees another servant who owes him a much smaller amount. A denarii was how much he would earn for a day's wages. So a hundred is about four months wages. So it's still significant. It's still what you would miss if you were, at, were going hand by hand and just day by day in your wages. So to lose a hundred denarii would indeed be a significant amount of money but nothing in comparison to the 10,000 talents that the other, that he owed to the king. And so this invitation for us as, is not to be that servant, not to be that man who is just so consumed by his whole experience of, of, of wealth and counting and, and all of that. We need to be in this place of, of letting go, of surrendering. It's the only way to freedom, the only way that we will find life today, I think we need to, to really reflect, who is that person that has offended me? What is that resentment that I continue to hold on to? Is it still eating away at me? Is it still consuming me? Is it still kind of, you know, continuing to, to foster and shape my personality and my character? Do I continue to be someone that is affected by that? You know, if it's just a niggling thought that continues just to be there when I'm going asleep at night or when I wake up, in the middle of the night, if that person's face suddenly is there, it's an invitation today to begin this process of letting go of that resentment, to letting go of that hurt, to letting go of, of that old wound. There can only be healing when we begin that process of surrendering. It's not something that happens magically. It's not something that happens immediately, but it is something that we need to learn and we need to begin to experience what it's like 
to let go, to surrender, and to be free of that old wound, to be free of that old hatred, that old resentment, that old form of racism, whatever it, it is. And it can be against a whole, a whole people, a whole a group for us today. We need to take that first step of just owning and acknowledging that yes, that wound is still there and I need to do something. I need to start journaling about it. I need to go and talk to a spiritual director or to a counselor. I need to, to begin this process of sharing this grief, sharing this burden so that it will no longer continue to sustain me. It will no longer be the, the source of so much other resentments in my life. Today, we can be free. Today, we can forgive. Today, we can let the mercy and kindness that God has so generously poured out upon us change us and allow us to be the people that he's called us to be.